You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, Sitok. Hello. How are you? I'm I'm great. How are you? Very good. <laughs> Don't we sound great? We sound great. We're all great. We're fine. We're all great. We've we're got fine. everything working fine. Everything's good. We're all ready to go. I hope you're ready, listeners. Here we oh, go. I hope you're excited. What nah, was the before the after the show like, discussion? Ugh, like a pep talk? I don't think I'm into this. <laughs> I'm not into this. I asked you a question. What was it? What was the before the after the show discussion? Oh, I was telling you my disastrous baking situation just a minute ago. Baked a cake, didn't get the middle cooked all the way through. I only have two modes when it comes to baking. Well, three. There's perfect, because I make some cookies that turn out perfect, right? I've figured them out. But then the two stages I have to go through to get there are overbaked and dry, which I don't particularly mind, and underbaked and gross, which makes me want to gag. So today I baked a cake. The outside was perfectly done. <laughs> the middle is pretty much raw. So I just scooped out the middle, put it in another pan, stuck it in the oven. It is, as we are speaking, uh, browned. Couldn't you just call it lava cake and sell it that way? It's not chocolate. Oh. I know you weirdos who like the lava cake and the rawness. Ugh, in Blonde the lava cake? Yeah. No. So we'll see. It'll be delicious. It's got fruit in it. I mean, we're talking high-level baking here, just not correct. All right. So cake it is. <laughs> cake for the rest of the week. All right. Is it a pretty big cake? It's a 9 by 13. Hmm, that's it's a lot of cake for two people. <laughs> I'll take it to work. They don't care, by the way. <laughs> All right, so uh, it is Saturday, April the 25th. This is after the show 631. Last week, I promised you our review of Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker, but what happened? You broke your I... promise. Yeah. I broke the promise and I've changed you the did. movie. You did. You broke the promise, which is really crappy. It is, but... <laughs> Why I'll, did you tell them the story? I was going to tell you know the story later to. during my session. Oh, okay. okay. So what I'll say for now is we've changed the movie to a movie called Vivarium. First it's things a, first, did you know what a Vivarium is? Yes. You did? I looked it up. No. Did you before this movie? No. Okay. Neither did I. It's oh. a Latin word. Yep. Maybe don't look it up until you watch the movie. Okay. So we're not spoiling anything? We will, but not at this juncture. Because I'm just telling you what it is. Okay. All right. The movie's called Vivarium. It's a 2020. It's actually released last year, but it's released on Blu-ray. Again, because of the COVID-19 situation, there are no Blu-rays kind of going around. So we reviewed the digital version of this from Vudu. So it is available now, actually, on Vudu. I just realized. It came out March the 27th. Rated R. And our friends at Lionsgate sent us a code for review. So, Sid Talk, you give us the synopsis of Vivarium. Hmm. 
A couple go to buy a house, and it's a weird place where they get trapped. And, uh, it's, uh... <laughs> this is the worst. It's a... Because if I tell you what it is, if we, if I... Huh. Okay, if I put this on the box, it would just be like, oh, that's what it is? It's a metaphor for the meaning of, or lack of meaning of life. A couple trapped in what looks like suburban bliss, but it's not. It's like torture. And there's an element like possible alien, otherly dimensional beings. You're going a bit too spoilery for the uh, <laughs> for a synopsis. Synopsis is it's a metaphor for the meaninglessness of life. And just uh, is I that would not normally, on the box? I would normally tell you what's on the back of the box, but I don't have a box. But I do have <laughs> Voodoo, where we watched it. They have the synopsis, and theirs says Tom and Gemma are looking for the perfect home when a strange real estate agent takes them to yonder, a mysterious suburban neighborhood of identical houses. Tom and Gemma can't leave quickly enough, but when they try to exit the labyrinth-like housing development, each road takes them back to where they started. Soon they realize their search for a dream home has plunged them into a terrifying nightmare. This taut thriller is filled with white-knuckle suspense. Is that so not what I said? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's pretty close. <laughs> pretty dang close. It's a weird little movie. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> this is this is amazing. Uh, I've got to say this while we're here. On Voodoo, which is really funny, they have this thing called Common Sense Media. So every movie uh, on Voodoo, it has a little section where if you're a parent and you wonder whether your kids should watch it or not, it tells you like what this movie might contain, and then you can make a decision before letting your kids watch it with you. And you know what this one says? Mm. It says, This movie contains disturbing scenes, cool visuals, and a lackluster sci-fi fable. <laughs> <laughs> now that is not... Hmm, they didn't so, ask for a review. So if, I'm were... a, if I am a parent, I'm like, <laughs> hmm, luck-luster. Luck-luster? Yes. Sounds safe. And l listen, listen to this because this is still part of the is this suitable for my kids section. It says, and this will make our podcast R-rated, but here goes. Oh, it's not just me anymore. No, it says <laughs> what parents need to know. Parents need to know that one character smokes cigarettes prominently. He also says fucking motherfucker <laughs> and shit as well as makes a rude gesture. <laughs> And this is, <laughs> that's on the box? That's on the description? Yes. Wow. Uh, every movie on Voodoo, every movie, it can be anything. It has, like, what parents need to know. And it, it has, somebody must sit there and watch the whole movie and then write down the objectionable parts. Because hmm. it says, like, you shouldn't, parents shouldn't, parents should know that children might be disturbed by the dark dystopian themes of the movie. Including violence, which is infrequent, but very disturbing. A couple also has sex underneath a sheet with moaning and movements. Oh my. So you know what I mean? They really want... Why do you want to know all this before you watch a movie? I do not Who know. Who wants to be so protected in life? I find it kind of... It's almost vulgar. Eliminating reality from the world to protect you from what? So, oh my gosh, I saw two people almost kind of sort of pretending to have sex under a sheet. <gasps> and now... What? What's happening to you? Nothing. If you ever want to spend like an entertaining 
you know, reading something on the internet. Just go to Voodoo. Just look under a movie that you, like, you know, find non-objectionable, completely non-objectionable, and read the parents' notes on it, and they will find something that's objectionable. Always. Yeah. They'll say, at four minutes and 32 seconds, a man waves his hand in what could be a vulgar manner. You know? So they're watching close. Yeah, they're really watching Super close. close. So anyway, that's uh, we watched it on Voodoo, hence that. So uh, Vivarium, let me say, let me say, uh, I was talking to you earlier about Lionsgate films that are slightly weird, and I usually like them, and I will name some of them. Well, you can name some of them. You name them. You're better. The Lighthouse. You could say it's like weird, off kilter, but Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Midsummer. Midsummer, yes. That is my favorite movie of that year. Awesome. Just, just like something that I didn't expect. It's just, you know. And these are all movies that if you say I would recommend you watch it, <laughs> you need to. I don't know who, I, who would you recommend Midsummer to? Who would you recommend this movie to? Any. Mm. No, not any anything. Anybody who likes well, mid mid Samar, anything anybody who likes horror like No, it's not like a horror movie, so I wouldn't recommend well, it. I think it is. Yeah, but that's not correct, because it's not like horror horror. This one isn't like straight up sci fi. They compared it to Twilight Zone and whatnot. And yes, it has like the the straight line of your little summary, like the plot is Twilight Zony. The science fiction just creeps in on you. It's not overt. It's not Star Trek or Star Wars or, you know, any of that kind of science fiction. So a science fiction fan, there'll be lots of gradients of that. So you have to find that little tiny pocket. Yeah. <laughs> that's willing to sit there and be like, whoa, that's cool. I'm not sure what's going on, but that's cool. Yeah, and other Lionsgate ones that really tickle my fancy kind of thing mm. are The Lobster, which is amazing. And You do love that one. Yeah. And um, Hereditary, which was my other favorite film of the year before. So keep doing it, Lionsgate. Keep bringing weird, you know, they're not, but, I, well, they are. They're Bring weird. the weirdness. Bring the weirdness. And, <laughs> oh, The Witch also. Oh, I The Witch, that yeah. In. That's an interesting They're one. pretty good with their... Um, pretty good. What about The Ghost Story, too? That was Ghost good. Story, I love that one. Yeah. But again, I think, go through my brain, who do I know other than you? Honestly, who would, would sit like through it. Ghost Story and not be like, why did you tell me to watch that dumb freaking movie? God, it was so boring. Most people I know would say that. So what's different about me and you? From each other? No, that we would like something. The, you like, as far as, I'm, as far as I know, you liked all those movies yes. too. Yes, um, because I was saying this before, you can, I can really enjoy a movie. And still completely understand what's wrong with it, right? That it's broken, that something's wrong. Now, if the overwhelming majority of the movie is wrongness, it takes a whole lot of me just personally loving it for some reason to overcome it, right? Yep. But usually I can watch a movie and be like, mm, that's a bit dumb, that graphics weren't great, the story's not 100%, whatever the thing is that's weak, that I think other people would dismiss it completely for, you and I will be like, yeah, but we compartmentalize and go, I really love the story, or I really love the look of it, or I really love the people in it. 
And then there's that, this, that, and the other that's kind of wrong. But that doesn't make us want to stop watching weird movies. You still, like, even if I dislike 90% of this one, it wouldn't turn me off of quote-unquote weird movies. Yeah, true. Bring on the next one. Like, what's the one that you really love? Um, It Follows. Something like that. Oh, It Follows. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Where you're like, this is fucking weird. It's weird. And it's interesting. And it's exciting like you get to the end of it you're like oh i'm so glad i like movies another person might watch it and be like because they don't fully understand what's going on right people don't like that people like to be comfortable just like people who read the back of the box and then ask 20 people well what's this movie like tell me all about it does the bad guy die does tell me all about it before i watch it yeah those that's not us yeah well yeah i would say if to explain somebody like me um, Twin Peaks is my favorite. <laughs> that says TV a lot. Show. Yeah. So, if you were to watch an episode of Twin Peaks and go, "What?" Then you wouldn't be of my taste, I guess. That exact what? Yeah. That, okay, that's the quote we're looking for. There's a certain taste. So we've not even got onto Vivarium. So here we go. Vivarium. Okay. It's a sci-fi horror. Is it horror? Is it I'm horror? Disagree. They kept saying horror in the um, the extras for this movie. I disagree. I think the people Dy- who wrote dystopian, it... Dystopian, let's say. Yeah, it's not horror. No. I mean, it's got some horrific I mean, it's pretty going on, but it's, it's not pre- horror. It's more um, uh, claustrophobic, like intense, kind of, you know, like... I don't even think it's dystopian, because it's not future or anything. It's just normal life. Right. Time, right? This wasn't like in the future. It's not any kind of... No. You know what I mean? It's not Gattaca or anything so, like that. So um, I'm going to go... There'll be some spoilers from this point onwards. So you can actually go and see this movie now. It's on all the digital platforms. Um, go and see it, then come back. Or don't if you don't care about this movie and you just want to hear us talk about it and that's your experience of this movie. <laughs> You're giving him permission. That's great. All right. So I said to you, um, if if this movie had the words Black Mirror on the screen at the beginning. And it was just... I would think this was an episode of Black Mirror. It kind of follows that yeah. whole template. Like, it's got a Hollywood star in it. It's got a normalish story that takes a weird turn. You know, at the beginning, you're like, what? No, okay. It seems a little bit odd, and then it gets odder and odder. And then there's a morality kind of tale to it, or an allegory. Or- Not an allegory. It's a metaphor for life. It shows the monotony of what we, the futility of all the trappings that are designed for us, right? You grow up, you get, you find a spouse, couple up with somebody in some version of that. You reproduce, you find a little hut, house, condo, mansion, whatever the place is where the thing is, you make a home, you nest, and then you work until you die. That's essentially also, also <laughs> what we're mocking here. Yeah, and the... You know, like, so they're a young couple. It's time for them to look for a house. They go and look for a house. They go to the estate agents. This is a British movie, by the way. They go to estate agents. The estate agent shows them to this new place called... Yonder. Yonder. It's a little bit heavy-handed, that. Yes. It's over (laughs) yonder. It's a housing estate, basically. It's hilarious. Where every single house looks exactly the same. They go there to look at the house. They're not really interested in the house, are they? They, they just go with him. Like that's all, That was a bit 
where they were in the showroom and he was saying, do you want to call? Um, and they were kind of like, he was kind of... Yeah, we'll get to my opinion of these characters in a bit. The characters are a bit wishy-washy, let's say. A bit. So they go and then realize they're trapped in this housing estate. Basically in this house. We don't call it a housing estate, we call it a suburb. Right. If you're British, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, it's a suburb, yeah. Like um, like you said, Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. It all looks the same. And it's also the same metaphor. Look how plastic and fake everything is that you've designed your life around and how meaningless it is. One of the things I liked was how, how it looked. I liked how oh, striking yeah. it looks. It, it's the cool the cool clouds in the sky, which which also like tells me that, you know, is it exact? Is it in our... The sky they're looking at is not our sky, right? Well, I mean, they've been lured into a maze of sorts. Yeah, like a, a trap. They're trapped. Yeah. Anyway, they're trapped in this place. They try to get out. This is a problem you had with the thing. It'd be like a zoo, because in a zoo, a lion walks around, walks around, walks around, and then he comes back to the same, he or she comes back to the same spot, and all of a sudden there's like a dead carcass laying there, and it wasn't there before, and yep. I didn't catch it. Where the hell did that come from? You just eat it because it's there. I'm getting into the mind of a lion here. Or bear or whatever other animal where you are trapped and something else is controlling your entire existence with you have no control over whatsoever. That's kind of what we're going through here. And the movie starts off with them uh, immediately like, oh, we've got to escape this. What the hell? Like at first they just, I mean, you wouldn't think the worst. You would think, oh, the real estate. As soon as they met the real estate agent, I'm like, the real estate guy takes off and just leaves them. And then they're like driving around in the car and realizing they can't get out of there. It's just like the same house over and over again, all the way around. So then they go back to the house. Every time they drive around, no matter how far they go or how many turns they make, they end up back at the same house. Even yeah. when they go follow the sun, they end up back at the same house. It is just an illusion, I think. So they can't get out. So they decide immediately, pretty much, to go and live in the house, right? <laughs> yeah. Because no- I, I guess there I is nothing the else. To- there's no other. So- uh, is this my? Is this where I plug in my opinion of these characters? Yeah. Okay. I don't understand these people. Now, if this story had given me one sentence, one line, one image, one reason to understand the timeline, other than the wall where it's like they're marking the line of the the kid that appears, right? And it's like day 49 is this long, and then five inches later, it's grown that much, right? So uh, We didn't mention a kid yet, so... Right. Well, there's a kid, and they grow very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not their kid, so... Other than that, we have no grasp of how long they've been there or all of their efforts. At one point, they do a drastic thing. The guy does a drastic thing to get rid of this house so they don't get trapped in it. And then when they wake up, it's there again, right? That's the only thing we see them actually do. They do nothing. They're a bunch of wusses. Like, what kind of people just accept this? And if you're not going to show me them trying to escape more than once or twice, which is basically all we see, right? They try to drive out. They can't. They try to get rid of the house. It doesn't go away. And then like, oh, we're just going to have to accept our reality and be something super fucking miserable about it. What kind of people are these? Every single day, I would be doing something. Every single day. And if I was writing the story, I would make it very clear that every single day she's made a routine of something. Because she's clever, right? She's a teacher. At some point, we get a hint that she's going to try to figure things out, right? When she talks to the boy. Yep. 
And I'm like, oh, 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 something to hang on to here. She's going to actually, we're going to see a process where she's trying to change her, well, maybe this is part of the metaphor. They're doing nothing to change their life. I think it is, because you asked me earlier why uh, the husband is going out in the garden digging a hole. You said it doesn't seem to be any. Yeah, he hasn't done anything else. And I said to you, I think that's the metaphor of, he goes to work every day, does a thing, and then comes back. And it, it's meaningless. But yeah, in the story, yeah. telling me the story, and we get, these characters are so flimsy. Come on. He's like, we understand he's a tree guy to start with. Tree surgeon, right? Yep. There are trees lining these streets all over the place. Every yard has trees. But he ends up just digging a hole, which has nothing to do. If someone, if when we first met them, he was the guy who digs ditches, right? And that's what he's compelled to do. Hmm. And that somehow this, whatever they're trapped in, has picked up on that and said, okay, well, this guy's going to dig forever. That would make sense. Digging a hole when you're a tree surgeon doesn't make any sense. That stuff bugs the shit out of me because I feel like, even though I enjoy it and I get it, it needed to be a little more like, I don't know. Anyway, the uh, whoever... It has flaws. Whoever is on high sends them a box. They open a box there's a baby inside the box, <laughs> yeah. and the box says, raise the child. And you'll and, be released. And you'll be released, right. So that's not a popular thing for them, because it's not their baby. They don't, you know, they don't want that. But then... One thing I do like is we never get the rosy, cozy, oh, look how we're just going to... There's one version of not doing anything to change your your situation, right? Which is what they do, just nothing. They just are miserable about it. And then there's yeah. the other version where you just go, oh, well, we'll just have a nice life anyway. Now that would also bug me probably, but they didn't, there was never any like giving in. No one ever no. practiced prop. They just get more and more depressed, basically. Pretty depressed. Not very, <laughs> like, if you and I were trapped together in an endless loop, yeah, it would really be annoying. Probably more for you than for me. But we would, it wouldn't be like, I don't know. This is all fictional, I understand, but they just represent a certain type of people that I find quite useless anyway. Like, if they're out in the world, what, are they, what would they have done with their lives? So well, it's fine that we threw them in there. Well, she's a teacher, so that was right, good. Right, and she would have just done her teaching and gone yeah. home, and blah, you know. And I did like the scene at the beginning where it shows that she's a teacher, and she also having to deal with, like, you know, um, like I said to you, being a teacher is difficult because, like, kids ask you weird stuff, like, <laughs> yeah. you've got to... Be like kind of like a psychiatrist a little bit, and yeah, but she wasn't. She wasn't even. She was just like mm, that's reality. Yeah, but she wasn't I like mean, a loving, touching, motivational, inspirational teacher or anything. She was just kind of like there. One of the things um, about a thing of life, <laughs> whenever the kid wanted feeding, it just screamed at the top of its lungs, like, but in a really weird, like, creepy way. Whereas a real kid would do the same thing, right? A baby. Would. Yeah, a baby, yeah. Would do that same... So if we're talking about a species trying to get... Are we going to tell them... The... We haven't got that far yet. Okay. Well, yeah, we've said there's a kid and it's we not their kid. we got to the kid part. And so it's not their kid. It's not their kid. That's the, that's the, they deliver a kid, they have to... But then it skips ahead, doesn't it? But the kid grows very quickly. The mm-hmm. kid's a... Like a 10-year-old boy... Within how many days? Looks like about 98 days. And then that, that 10-year-old boy is also really extremely weird. Like, if it needs feeding, it, it screams at the top of its voice. I'm 
referring to it as an it because it mm-hmm. kind of is. And um, it's got a weird voice. It's, it's it mimics the parents. So it, it doesn't have a weird voice. It has horrible looping. Sometimes it speaks like her. Sometimes it speaks like him. Sometimes it speaks like somebody else. But it's not even their voices. So they've done man. some really weird. It's just his voice when he it is their up. voices. But I think it's pitched up a little bit. I don't like. think it is at all. I think it's oh. that char- the older character, the older actor who comes in and does the part, or maybe the first guy we met. It's that voice, right? squeakied up to be like a boy but no they do not substitute no i didn't have a problem with it at all it oh, really God. freaked me out every time it spoke it freaked you out because it was crap no i didn't think it was crap oh, it i liked was. it, it, it was i thought really it was bad. really effective it wasn't effective at all you are incorrect well we uh, we agree <laughs> to disagree but I, no I really i'm not agreeing it. to disagree and when it did the high pitch noise i love that i think it was like you know kids cry don't they like and because they want feeding and this thing cries because it wants food and i love the reactions from the two it's more like a primal scream yeah it's not crying. these two yeah. non-parents who are trying you know having to be the parent their their reactions humorous on occasions you know mm-hmm. there's that there is comedy in this movie yeah you know they they they're not even i was thinking like how would i how would you deal with this like I said to you, I would just take that boy and stick him in that hole. Because he's nothing to do with us. And it's just irritating, right? But then, then you have to think. We don't know what's going on. No. We don't know what this boy thing is. Right. Just killing it seems a bit severe. Because, like, we have no idea what's going on in this scenario, so. But this horrible scenario just basically unravels these So you're the man. And you would think to kill it, and he's the man, and he decided to kill it. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> well, when, you know, when as I was watching it, I was like, Jesse, get, get that boy that's making that horrible noise, and go and throw it outside in the in the hole that you've been digging. And then he goes outside and throws it in, in the car instead. I was like, well, near enough, I guess. Just Oh, really? And then he says, like... Um, no, I'm saying near enough in terms of what I would want oh, to do yeah. to it. Because he said, leave it in the car and let it starve to death. And she's like... <laughs> and he was right, though. If they, because they are under the impression now that something is in control of the situation. And something is in control. If because they don't want it to starve, then they'll come and save it. And food packages turn up on occasion. So something's in control, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think food shows up every single day. Yeah, but then... And they can never, like, see the food turn up. because Even if they stand out there waiting... They, it doesn't come until they're not looking, right? Yeah, one of those. <laughs> so they try things. He tries standing out there with the pickaxe, ready yeah, to... Yeah, but barely. Don't yeah. give him any latitude here. It needed to be well, much better fleshed out, This their attempts at actually making decisions to control their own life instead of just what's been laid in front of them. A little bit more would have been great. And then, um, you know, this movie just... It, it just unhinges them and then i don't really want to say the end part because nah. i thought it was really cool actually. i wouldn't say anything about it just yeah it's interesting it's an old and i say all this i still really like this movie so I don't get too. me wrong don't act don't worry that i'm like oh it's terrible no 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 i really like I actually it. really enjoy that it's so weird it's just that technically speaking and i'm not a filmmaker i've just watched many thousands of movies those kind of things, like the terrible voice, whether you think so or not, I am correct, over the, vo- the, over the boy's voice. And then, like, the look of it sometimes. I know it's supposed to be, like, a fake reality, and so a little bit of dodgy CGI 
makes a little bit of sense, so I can accept it, but it still looked kind of weird sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like, kind of, the set kind of looked cheap, I think, sometimes, but Mm, it's but like then a f- it's a yeah it's a recreated world yeah so we just have to and it's a pretty low budget movie it's like four million dollars it costs to make the whole thing which is really low how many production companies did this movie have <laughs> i don't know it was a lot what, it was funny what cartoon is it that makes fun of that family guy yeah explain that on family guy on family guy they sit down to watch something and all of a sudden it's like production company logo and peter's like is this the, is this the show Oh, no, no. Oh, is this a show? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, keeps... is it starting? No, no. And it's just different logos bobbing over for, like, endless stream of production companies. This movie has the most that There I've was a seen. lot. It was really funny. Because just when you think, this, that's it, that's the last one. No, there's another one. And there's another one. And there's another one. It was, yeah, a lot of people were in... How, how's that? Is that because of the CG? Like, you have to name every single... I mean, you could think of a production of a movie has a lot of moving parts. Maybe one... Maybe one person who does the costumes is their own company. Yeah. Right? So that's a com- that's a production company, I would assume, of some description. And then the people who do the makeup and hair. And maybe the people who provide the trailers. I mean, everyone coming together. If it's not a big, like, Disney movie, where the Disney owns all of those, right? All those individual right. parts already. That's what I think of it as. So independent movies are more likely to have lots of production companies. I would say. Yeah. We'd have to look up, look that up. But but the thing about this movie, um, not going into the ending, I, I won't spoil the ending, but because it is like a Black Mirror slash Twilight Zone episode, um, and it's presented that way right from the beginning, I'm always in my mode of like trying to figure it out. Like, oh, what is this? Where are they? What? Why are they doing that? What, what is the whole... I'm trying to figure that out, and I've got something in my mind, which was, as you, I said to you what it was, and it's, I'm, I was fairly near, but not mm. right, not exactly right. That it's often hard with a story like this to, like, uh, satisfy at the end fully. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And this one, I was like, okay, it's cool, but I'm never fully satisfied. Like, it, it never pulls like a super twist or a. You know, I mean, there is a bit, but... The twist is, life is meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a big circle. You're in a loop. Hey, wait, you just dig in another a pit, movie. and then you'll die. Yep. I mean, let's be very honest. Life, life is a loop. All of life is a loop. Now, depending on what you believe about afterlifes and whatnot, I believe in no afterlifes or any religion of any kind. I believe it is... This is it, right? Which gives it a lot of meaning to me right here, right now. Me having this, watching this movie with you and having conversations with you and loving my friends and my family and all the things we experience in, while I'm here and alive. That's fantastic. And then it's going to end. And someone else will continue to be living the same thing. I will have grown up, got a job, got married, work, retire, spend some more money, spend some more time, and then I'll die. And that's what everybody else will do. <laughs> like it is just a constant loop. And some people find that depressing. Some people find that depressing. I find it super fantastic that we just keep going, even though we know that's the truth, right? So that's why I think when I see a movie like this, I'm like, yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah. You're telling it to me in a semi-interesting way with two characters who maybe hadn't quite accepted this yet. Well, they were young. 
They were young, and to be fair, whoever's got them trapped there doesn't give them a fulfilling life. So that's unfortunate. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah it's not like I mean they could have made more of it. They but don't. Then, they don't have any entertainment it, of any type. Yeah, and remember, they don't have any entertainment, and I they guess don't have true. And if you make the most of it, like try to make it better, you are now accepting right that someone else has done this to you, which probably isn't a great idea because I wouldn't do that either, but. Yeah, it's pretty min. the The actual life that they give them to look after this child is very like bare bones. It's like prison, isn't it? Um, worse than prison. You can't go very far away. I mean, you can go outside. There are no other people, by the way. Did we mention that there is only the man, the woman, and the child, and almost yeah. the entire movie? Also, the food that they give them tastes of nothing. It looks like real food, but it doesn't taste of anything. It's like the Matrix. Yeah. Does this? Is this really what chicken tastes like? <laughs> yeah. Or did this just what they made it taste like to make me right. think this is what chicken tastes so like? So it's no fun being in there. It's not like they start off and it's like real fun at first. Yeah. It is not fun ever, is it? So, yeah, it's kind of, that's the nightmarish part of it. So it's such a nice idea. I just feel like it's a little bit like flat at, in, in the big idea area. Yeah, but I, I just, I thought it was kind of, I like the Britishness of it. <laughs> It always, I always like that. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, I got an early vibe of um, what was the one where they went, the man and woman went out to the lake. Yeah, and then Fassbender. Yes, Eden Lake. Eden Lake. I got that vibe at first. I'm like, whoa, is it? Oh, I'm not telling you anything. Eden, about Lake's Eden Lake pretty fucked up. <laughs> Very. <laughs> There's another one that you're watching it, and you're just like, what the hell yeah, is going good. on? Uh, I would recommend that one to people who like... It's very violent. I think that one's got a satisfying ending, too, actually. uh, Sort of. Mm. But also, another loop-de-loop. You know? The loop never ends. Good movie. Good recommendation. We've seen a lot of movies, babe. All right, so let's move on to the cast here. Imogen Poots plays Gemma. You like Imogen Poots? Yeah, I like her. I think she... um, I'm not super familiar with her, but we've seen her in other movies, because... I looked her up. We've seen... I can't remember what it was we saw her in. <laughs> oh, um... Hmm. 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 Don't worry about it. We've seen her in... Uh, oh. Ooh. We've seen her in Green Room. Okay. Which That's was a cool dark. movie. She was really tough in that. Jean-Luc Picard was not a nice guy in that movie. We saw her in Need for Speed with Jesse from Breaking Bad. Hmm. You didn't like that movie. I did like that movie because it was Fast and the Furious meets Need for Speed, which is a game that I like. <laughs> she was also in 28 Weeks Later, the sequel to 28 Days Later. I don't remember her, but I probably would immediately. When I- yeah. Um, I really liked her in this. I think she had, she was just right. Like she, but there again, it's nothing to do with like, like we were complaining about the ca- what the characters do in the movie. As far as the way she, perf- her performance is good. Yeah. Because, you know, there's some moments where are really heartbreaking yeah, you know I I'm just saying? wish they'd put her to better use because she's so interesting to make her a character who's like, I'm actually going to figure this shit out, would have been elevated, I think, a bit. And uh, a co-star is Jesse Eisenberg, who I actually like and I don't think you do. Not particularly. Um, I liked him. We just watched him. I don't in zo- dislike him. We I'm watched him in Zombieland him. recently. Yeah. You actually liked him in Zombieland, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, because that character is like a awkward, overthinking... Which is what he is. 
And that's what he does. This guy, this character he's playing, useless. Absolutely useless. I don't give a shit if you're telling me he's You can trim a tree. Barely. We don't even know that. We (laughs) see him climb down a ladder. He's fussy. He's worried immediately in the car, like with no... No actual thinking. He does no thinking. And that really irritates me because that's not fair. And so I think that character is lame. This is not Jesse's fault, by the way. Well, Jesse does what he does. And it's the same. And he he fits that role, which sounds really horrible thing to me to say. But it's just him being that again. Yeah. Um, I mean, he gets madder than most characters he plays. but I quite like it, um, his delivery. Like... It's the same in everything, don't get me wrong. Same from going back to the social network. It's just, you know, he, he delivers in, the same. He does the nervous, fidgety. Yeah. <laughs> Lex Luthor, he did. That was not God. You know, he, um, I I don't know what it is. I just find him kind of You cling to things you've liked people in before, and then you just hope they're going to do it again. So you liked the social network. You liked Zombieland, loved Zombieland, and so you want him to fulfill that level of satisfaction for you. Yeah. You're very optimistic. And then I'd put down Senan Jennings as the young boy, the you know, the screaming boy. That guy. He was good. Just like a, a boy that's made to look a bit creepy. Kind of. At first I thought he was a robot. I really did. Mm. You know Humans, that yeah. the TV show? It reminded me of that. In fact... The guy who they go, the real estate agent, I'm like, this guy has to be a robot. It's weird. You know? He keeps he keeps mimicking them, and he's, yeah. he's just odd-like. Um, so, this is directed by Larkin Finnegan. Finnegan. He directed short films. Um, there was a film, what was it called? Foxes, that was similar to this. It's actually the like the early... You can go and watch it on YouTube. It's a short movie called Foxes. And it's a similar theme to this movie. This movie's just expanded upon it a bit more. So um, he's this is his first big film. Like, you know, full feature film. What did you think? I, I actually like the guy in The Extras. Yeah, he, he was and very... I like the direction. I just think their standards were... There seems to be a trend in telling stories where the people making the story know, add so much to it from their point of view, and they don't translate that onto the screen. They just don't, it doesn't come through. You have to listen to the extras and hear Jesse Eisenberg say, well, this guy and her, they're they're very happy together, and da-da-da, and then you're like, they're not really. On the screen, they're not. They goof around a little tiny bit. They dance in front of the car. Yeah, but we don't know anything about their history, why, how their relationship is, how long they've been together. She says, he's my boyfriend, and now they're going to find a house, so you kind of piece things together. That means it's serious. Yeah, but there's no nothing that's binding them together. I mean, nothing. We don't, until later when we hear the story of how they met. I mean, If I'd known that story in the beginning... And then maybe another story, like they're keeping themselves occupied by talking about their lives before they came here. That would have been an interesting way, because we can't see them be those people. But for her to tell the story of this, that, and the other, that would have filled me in. But as they are, they're just these flat Because what they do in the, in the beginning um, is while they drive into it, they play the, a message to Rudy on the radio, and they both sing into it. So like... That is supposed to be the... I know, but two people liking music, it's just nothing. The same music, and yeah. it's a little bit obscure, and, you know, maybe... But then, they- as they do talk, 
And they, he's laying there and he says, I met you. And then I woke up on your couch and then he goes, and that was it. And she's like, yeah, that, that was it. Kind of like, oh. Yeah. Just sort just, of. We just kind of ended up together. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't, it doesn't like make me go, oh, these But isn't people. that another thing about the life thing? That's true. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, think, this is how things happen. And then. Now, not me and you. We had to make some effort. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we met on the old internet, kids, back we in the 90s. We bump into each other. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> it was like a search throughout the entire world. Oh. So, I know. Maybe that's why I like relationships in stories, to have a little more substance, because, you know, yeah, I you mean, know, makes me care more about the people. And I think this movie, I think you're right, this movie, like when I said it operates like a Black Mirror episode, and Black Mirror episodes also, they just try and get to the point fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. It, there isn't like a lot of time, but there is. They should be in this movie. I mean, it's ninety minutes long, so. But they kind of they just kind of go from one thing to the other quickly, like to just get to the point, don't they? It's it's kind of economical a little bit. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that might frustrate some people who. But that means you're relying on the weirdness to carry you through, and not a solid. Okay, what if scenario, and what would I do, and what am I seeing these choices are these people making? Let me go back to mid, you say it correctly. By the time that ended, I knew those people. It it really did, um, you know, it was a long movie, nearly three hours, right? But it, you felt for that girl. You felt like you were with that girl at the end. Kind of, yeah. You know, there was enough time, I guess, for it to brew like you, the there is, was some horrible we, thing at the beginning but all we know about her is she's had a tragedy in her life and now she's d- very depressed and coping with it we don't know anything else about her at all but we know nothing about what kind of person she we is we know that her boyfriend's kind of a yeah but she hooked up with this guy and now they're still just kind of together and he's not really i don't know if he's a dick he's just not into it like she is but that doesn't tell us anything about them hmm. i say all this and I still am very super lazy, and I have never written a story of my own. So take my opinion for what it is. It is just like yes, you're laziness. not qualified. <laughs> I'm not qualified. Correct. All right. So I'll accept um, that. IMDb reviews. What are they? Reviews on IMDb. Why are you asking such a lame question? Oh wait, I know what you mean. One star reviews on IMDb, which is the Internet Movie Database. In case uh, some of you people didn't know, that thing's been around a while, hasn't it? Since the very beginning. Um, People go on there, they write reviews. If it's a one-star review of a movie that we like, then we will make fun of the person. And if it's a one-star review of a movie we don't particularly like, we will say that person is 100% correct. All right, so these are the people with the one-star who are not into this movie, I guess. (laughs) So the first guy says, um, I had a lot of expectations in the start, but as the play went on, he thinks it's a play. What? Things began to fall apart horribly. The ending was mediocre, and there was not even any explanation or answer. I hate that. I disagree. No, I (laughs) I disagree too. They do answer some questions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, This movie is an absolute waste of time. I didn't even know what was going on. See, people are afraid of being confused. I like being confused with the promise of some kind of clarity. I can be confused, but not muddy confused. I know that doesn't make any sense to anyone outside of my head. This guy says, "Um, this thing can't even be called a movie. 
It could have been 30 minutes and still would have been horrible. It has an interesting start, then nothing. If you really are into suffering and torturing yourself and insist on watching this, then just watch the first 25 minutes and the last five minutes. I promise you, you won't have missed anything. <laughs> you could probably say that for any movie. Like if you, <laughs> if, you want, or, if you want the cliff notes, watch the first 20 minutes and or, then watch the end. watch Gogglebox. Yeah. <laughs> It's a British show where we watch it. And so every week the people get clips of shows and then you watch the people watching the show, which is, I know. And then you feel like you watch the show. Yes. They watch entire series, like from the <laughs> beginning to the end, but we see literally sometimes 30 seconds of a show. And then the next week you're like, oh, remember what happened last week in that 30 seconds? So and they, then when it's the final episode of the season, they show us the end what of- happened and you're like, oh, I'm satisfied. So in our minds, me and you, we've watched Line of Duty. <laughs> yeah. When we haven't actually ever watched it. And Liar. Yeah, and Liar. And I've never watched the one with Villanella, and I feel like Killing Eve, that one, I feel like I've grasped. And The Nest. We've also watched yeah. The Nest. In yeah. the previous, so maybe we should, you know, we make fun of people for setting videos on double speed. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're just as bad. And then finally for this one, this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, that old, good old review. Yeah, that Somebody review. copies and pastes that shit every time. I think that same guy just writes that review every <laughs> week. So uh, they're the uh, shitty reviews on um, IMDb. So extras, because this was a digital code, you actually do get the extras uh, now on Voodoo. If you, you get basically what the Blu-ray has, and it was a little documentary type thing. It's about 20 minutes. Pretty decent, I thought. Better, yeah. better than the usual one. It was good. Because it's a smaller kind of indie movie, I always find in indie movie types, the directors and the people, they're always a bit more interested in making a behind-the-scenes thing than the big blockbustery things. So, yeah, it's pretty good. And I feel like I got to know that director a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, conclusion. I actually enjoyed it a lot. Like, it, I thought it was really fun in a way. Yeah. Because it's got this... The premise is kind of outlandish a little bit, but then... You recognize things as you're going along. You're like, yeah, that's, that's part of life, and so is that. And Oh, life kind of sucks. Oh, no, it doesn't. It's pretty good. Uh, it's like that, isn't it? It's, it's one of yes. those movies. So I recommend it, actually. I think, it's observational. I think it's a fun, kind of claustrophobic, kind of downer. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like Magnolia? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I really like depressing things. You do? Yeah. I don't know how to take that since I'm married to you. Yeah. Now, I'm kind of a Debbie Downer. I'm not Debbie. I'm Sid. But um, there are times when I'm like, I'm the most cynical person I know. And you're like the most optimistic person I've ever met. But then when so I watch... So you just like being tortured. Yeah. Then a really depressing or very sad or moving movie will be like the best movie I've ever seen. True. You know, generally those are the type of movies I like. Because you like to see other people suffer or do you like to see people overcome trials I just like to see, like, the other, like, not, you know. I'll mm-hmm. watch, like, a really positive movie and that's fine. But then I like, like, Punch Drunk Love. It's got both. It's It's very optimistic, but it's also, like, it messes with, like, awkwardness and... For sure. You know sadness as well but then it's also like a love story punch drunk loves the fucked up most fucked up love story you've ever watched right <laughs> it's not love actual i don't know if it's the most do you think that uh boxing helena is yeah, less well that, effed yeah. up than that i don't know if that's 
Yeah, I it's guess. not a love story. I guess he thinks he loves her, but yeah, I mean, um, I'll... how about secretary? <laughs> yeah, that's more of a sex type. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Um, I like uh, love actually. It's like one end of the spectrum, and then I like punch drunk love is the other end of the love movie spectrum, right? There's seriously both. something interesting about you when act love actually and punch drunk love are two of your favorite movies of all time. Yeah, <laughs> so I like the theme of love. Because I love Titanic for that. I you like do, that. You like sap and you like grotesque. It's kind <laughs> of interesting. <laughs> I like the lobster. It's about love. But in a very effed up way. Yeah. It's also about the futility of love and the expectations of society forcing yeah. us all to think we have to fall in love with someone. It's like everyone right now forcing everyone to think they're supposed to be miserable because of these quarantines and lockdowns. I get it. The world will suffer. Econ- economies will suffer. People have died. It's all horrible. And yet, you don't have to feel bad because now you have to stay home and work and right. enjoy your house and enjoy your children and enjoy not going out into the world. I hear the overwhelming majority of people like, oh, I'm so sick of it. I want to go out. I'm so bored. Well, not all of us feel that way. So I don't know what it's going I don't on. know how you could be bored in your own house. I know. And I understand that people don't flesh out a lot or don't. You know, they've made choices different from us. We don't have children. That makes a huge difference on the amount of time, effort, and energy, and money that you have. I get that. I'm not blind to that reality. However, I do also know people with lots of children who are also very happy to be at home and keep their hobbies and their job and their own interests and their children all juggling and going just fine. Right? It's not easy. But then the person goes, well, I've got a kid at home, so I'm equals being miserable. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Yeah, that's true. All right, so... Um, so I was getting at there, the lobster, it tries to... It looks at this expectation we all have about falling in love and coupling up and the awkwardness of not being in a couple. Yeah. And how it's just... And when you think about it, it really is the way cultures all work. It's interesting. Yeah, the lobster... I mean, you don't turn into an animal if you don't find love, but... It's a pretty... I love that premise, though. It's really fun. <laughs> So, um, well, it's probably not fun if you if it actually happens to you. So, um, movie recommendations. I'm going with the movie Cube. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Um, I had visions of that movie watching this movie, so I, know I thought you did. I'd recommend it. It's not really anything to do with it. And the other one is Black Mirror, the TV series. I like all of them. Like any of those shows, though, some are better than others, but there are some amazing ones. I still really love the. Prime Minister and the Pig one. Uh, I grunt at you for that one, because it's not a great one. I like effed up ones. You do. And your recommendations are? Mine are staying with the theme of 100, and f- 100 years of... C- Excuse me, I got the hiccups. 100 years of cinema, even though it's been more than that, and 50 years. So, 1920 movie and a 1950 movie. Sorry, 1970. That would have been 50 years ago. So the 1920... <laughs> my math goes awry. It's really... Your math is never <laughs> quite on. Is that why my cake wasn't baked right? I don't know. It's Maybe. possible. Um, the 1920s movie is called Molly, The Molly Coddle. And it looks like an interesting one. I have not seen it. It's got Douglas Fairbanks, who... If you're of our generation or maybe one one younger than us, but we might be the tail end of the people who are more aware of that early cinema. You know, Charlie Chaplin, Douglas Fairbanks, silent movies, 
all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Anyone younger than us, I don't know if it's reached that far unless you go niche. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's Molly Coddle and or the Molly Coddle. And it's like just one of those adventures and villains and damsels in distress and looks kind of interesting. And then the one from 1970, as you can see, I put the one of the movie posters or the ad on our little formula form here we look at. It's called Skullduggery. I cannot account for the quality of this movie. I have no idea. But the <laughs> when I'm looking at photos, and there's a little drawing there on the poster. There's like a creature who's like maybe like a Bigfoot, but it's female out in the woods. And then there's Burt Reynolds with a bottle of wine in his hand. Yeah, it looks like a commercial for something. So the implication here is that Burt goes out as an adventurer, finds this race of like Bigfoot women. And then at some point, I'm guessing... Uh, she probably shows up all shaved because in the drawing and in the poster, she's covered in hair and he seduces her. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but does anybody <laughs> shave him? Because but the he's... name of the movie is Skullduggery. So mm. who knows? It but sounds... I think hel- hilarious titles. The Bondi Coddle and Skullduggery. All right. So my story earlier about why we didn't review Rise of the Skywalker is because my new projector, which I mentioned last I've week. I've heard this story already. I arrived. Okay, so you have to stop interrupting <laughs> so I can tell it. <laughs> I wasn't interrupting you. You didn't have to stop. All right, so the uh, my new projector arrived, and um, I plugged it in, and I tested it for about an hour, played a movie, started playing a movie. I was like, wow, this projector is awesome. It's really bright. It looks good. And then um, I went and put it on my projector mount downstairs, which, it, you know, you might think that's easy, but it's not, actually. You've got to get it lined up and... Got it all lined up, started playing a movie. Actually, you know which movie I tested it with? No. Um, the Rock? No, it was Gemini Man. Oh, interesting. I don't know why. I think it was the one that was sat next to the Blu-ray player. It's not It's not great. Uh, actually, <laughs> while I was re-watching scenes on the new projector, I was like, oh, actually worse than I thought. Why am I watching this? So, um, testing it, looks fine, and about... It started making this beeping noise, the projector, and then boom. It, all you could see on the screen was it, the, the movie played, but it was all blue. And there was no, I tried factory resetting. Basically, it was done. So I contacted Amazon. They don't have any more, obviously. They give me my money back. So I eventually got my money back. Then I did some more research on projectors and found another one that I like. Bought that one, and that one will arrive this week. Anyway, I wanted to watch Rise of the Skywalker on the new projector, so I postponed it for that reason. So next week, if I'll touch wood, I'll touch this wood, <laughs> everything goes to plan, we will watch Rise of Skywalker on the new you projector. You do realize they don't care no, what we're that's watching. The reason we could I be didn't. watching it on an iPhone. They don't give a shit. No, but we like to make a nice movie day of it. Because we were discussing that your wife, that would be me, the interrupter, built your movie screen. Yeah, she did. Many years ago. And we're just glad it's still holding up. We have a really, how big is that movie screen? 104 inches. From corner to corner, not across. It's So big. it's giant. We <laughs> well, a, it's as big as we can fit on the wall. Yeah. I mean, it feels big when you sit watching it. And it's that not, was a day I worked night shift at the time. It was my last day of the week. I'd worked all night. I stayed up in the day, baked my first apple pie, and went to Lowe's, got wood, a miter saw, a staple gun, went to Joanne Fabric and got blackout fabric and black 
felt material to cover the frame. And we said that was 12 years ago because I, mm. I didn't know how long we'd had this projector. And when I was looking for the box for it, the receipt was in the box and it was 12 years ago. There you go. So um, that Sony projector that we've got now lasted 12 years and it's still going strong. It was Pretty fine, cool. yeah. Yeah. So That's what I was trying to think of another use for it, but I mean, we don't really have another use for it. So, um, yeah. So next week we'll touch wood, review Star Wars, Rise of the Sky. Yeah, and the review will not be any different because of what format we watch it on, but you'll know that we watched it on a new projector. And uh, the game I've been playing this week is American Truck Simulator. Of course. There isn't any new um, DLC for it. I just picked it. I noticed it on my Steam list and I was like, oh, it's really relaxing playing American Truck Simulator. So I, you can vouch. You've seen me play it. It's just... What it's a it? lot like what I'm doing right now. I'm you, playing City Skylines. Yeah, you just drive your truck. You listen to the radio. You deliver some stuff. You follow the traffic. It's just like driving in real life. You have to indicate. You have to stop. You have to... You know, you don't, you're not too crazy. Just following the rules, driving the thing. Sometimes you have to reverse your truck into like really difficult like loading bays and stuff, which is really hard, but eventually you persevere and you do it. I really like it. It's um, The only problem with American Truck Sim is it's kind of expensive if, if you haven't been keeping up with it. You know what I'm saying? If you, you say... the game is expensive? Well, if you wanted to dive into it, right, because... It came out a while ago, and then all the DLCs come out for all the different states. Okay. So if, you, if, if you're like, oh, yeah, I like that, so I'll buy it. Well, the base game is like a reasonable price, but then you've got to pay like $15 for each pack. Okay. By the time you finish, you might have spent like $120 um, paying for the whole game. Like. So if you hadn't been following along and just buying, you know, it doesn't feel as much, does it, when you're just buying like every three months is just an expansion pack? If you have to buy it all at once, it feels a bit crazy. It's like, what? This game's $150? That's the only problem I would have. But I don't, there's no, you can't solve that really, can you? Because that's just how it works, right? Yeah. You can't just say like, oh, our, our whole game, everything that everybody paid $120 for is just going to be $10 now. I don't really think you can do that. So if you've never played it, I would suggest just buy the base pack. It comes with like two states. And then if you love it, just buy states and add on to it. Um, it isn't the whole of America yet. I think there's like seven of the states, but they're working on it all the time. I think they bring out three states a year. So eventually you'll be able to drive the whole of America, which will be amazing. But, um, you know, they're a very small team. Game's really cool. It looks really good. Don't you agree? Looks yeah, just looks like great. driving a truck. Um, and, you, you know, it's made by like a team of like five people. It's crazy. So, uh, American Truck Sim, I recommend it. What's for dinner? Guess. Is it an Impossible Whopper <laughs> from the Burger King establishment? It is, and uh, yes. Through the entire situation, shut down, whatever, we have had Burger King, Taco We're Bell, and yesterday I went to Panchero's Grill. Jimmy John's is, we've had. We've had Jimmy John's, um, because you can, like, there's no sitting in anywhere, but you can go in or have it delivered or have them bring it out to you. And I said, when I went out last night... It was a Friday night. We live in a town with about 60,000 people. And up until this this weekend, you know, we've been under closed shutdown or whatever for I don't know how long. We're in Missouri, so however long that's been. Um, 
you know, there were still people around and it didn't seem that affected. Last night, it seemed more affected because the parking lots of the restaurants were full of cars and trucks. None of the restaurants are open for eat in, but there were people walking around in their little uniforms from the restaurant they work at with a mask on and a device in their hand, either taking orders at the vehicle or confirming orders or whatever you were doing, taking the money. They had like a card reader one I saw in, um, what parking lot was that? It was down a ways. Maybe Applebee's had the card reader in their hand. And, um, so people are talking to each other from vehicle to vehicle. You saw groups of people standing around in the parking lot. You're like, Hey, we'll just stand around with each other if we can't go in <laughs> and wait for our food. So it's a whole different experience, but it didn't look like people were afraid to just hang out. They just couldn't go inside. Yeah, and we're still, I mean, our lockdown is not on anymore for our county, but it is for our state. Still. Correct. So, And lockdown not, is not variable. It's still, they're still deciding what to open, what to close. I mean, my job has not changed at all. I work in a data center, so I just go anyway. You have to have someone there 24-7, and I mean, I'm not there 24-7, obviously, but we ba- still go into Basically, work. it's not over, though. No, 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 we we're Bye. just coasting along, though, now, I think. Mm. Feels like. Yep. So my advice is, in line with this movie, in line with my life, it seems like a struggle sometimes to get people to just accept that the meaning that my life has to me, I am not applying that to your life. It isn't all meaning of all life. So it can have different meaning to different people. One person, I know people, many people, genuinely think the meaning of being alive is to have a child or multiple children. Without that, your life is has no value. You might as well have never been born. I don't take that on as, oh, so my life is useless now, so I better have children because the way you've decided life has meaning applies to me. It can be annoying because people judge you and they're bitchy, but whatever. Like, oh, why are you married? You guys don't have kids, do you? <sighs> Good question. Good question. That's a great question. Congratulations. You're an <laughs> idiot. Um, and if I decide that my meaning in my life is simply just that I'm here and I found a way to express my caring for the few people that I care about, understanding how to do a few tasks, pass along maybe some good advice occasionally to young people in my life, being there at moments when in other people's you know crossroads of life and death um, gives my life meaning. Being married to you, being together with you, finding you. And then when I'm done, when my life is done, then that that's it. That is not me telling you who's listening that the value and the meaning you've decided life has because you've either come to your own conclusion or your church has told you or your parents have told you or your politics have told you, whatever. That's fine. Hang on to it. Follow through with it. Do it, right? I just, I get sick and tired of people being confused that, well, I don't think life is that. But my mom and dad told me it is. So I guess I have to agree. And now what that does, it makes your life meaningless, right? Because you're living someone else's meaning. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. So it does. there's no advice there. That's just, just a random. All right. So you can um, catch our site, acecoolie.com. Catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Catch this podcast on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store, TuneIn, Spotify, 
iHeartRadio. There's an RSS feed as well. Or if you've got a smart speaker, just say, listen to After the Show movie podcast on TuneIn. It will play you the latest episode. Email feedback to me at aschoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechoolyatasechool